Howdy. What's going on? Thanks so much for listening to the podcast. It is heard live every day, by the way, from noon until 3 on WBT Radio in Charlotte. And if you want exclusive content, invitations to events, the weekly live stream, my daily show prep with links, become a patron. Go to the PeteCallanerShow.com. This podcast is also supported by North Carolina businesses, so please consider supporting them. Try not to skip through their short ad. Make sure you hit the subscribe button to get every episode for free right to your smartphone or tablet. And thanks so much for your support. Kevin McCarthy is quitting. He says he's going to resign his post uh, at the beginning of the year, going to ride out the rest of the month. Um, I know the first the first thought I had on that was, who else is now going to give kidney punches to other lawmakers in the halls of Congress? Really, who else if McCarthy is not there? Um, President Joe Biden reportedly told Democratic donors that he wasn't confident that he would even be seeking another term if President, former President Trump wasn't running for the White House himself. At least that's what his wife Jill told him. That's, he's not really sure. Biden warned campaign donors yesterday that, quote, democracy is more at risk in 2024 and that his predecessor, Donald Trump, and his allies are out to destroy democratic institutions. So basically the same old message that we have been hearing for the last eight years. It is really. uh, I just I I grow weary. I am. I, I am weary of the. Um of this entire slogan that the left and the media, but I repeat myself, have uh, ju- have been, you know, uh, wielding against Trump, but also all of the uh, Republicans, conservatives, limited government people, even libertarians, just uh, just anybody. It's everything is about the democracy, and it's just so tiresome. It's pedestrian. It's boring. Oh, Pete, you're just minimizing it. I know. I know that's what they would say. And believe me, like I follow some of these um, some of these people that you know, were Republicans. Maybe they still are. I don't know. But, uh, you know, they've been campaigning. For, well, it started as, you know, anti-Trump, then never Trump. And then it morphed into a pro-Biden stance. And now it's just full on, you know, total Democrats. I'm talking, you know, the Lincoln Project types of people. These uh, and again, I don't even know if they're Republicans anymore, but having lost all sorts of Republican campaigns over the years, you know, they I guess they they realize that the money to be made is off of the lefties. And so you just, you know, trash Trump all the time and you get invited to all of the the legacy media outlets. You get the regular talking head gigs at MSNBC and, and CNN and the like. There is a. When you start looking at politics and media through a lens of incentives, <clears throat> and I've I heard uh, Mick Mulvaney, former Trump chief of staff, former congressman from South Carolina, he was on, I guess it was last week, I think I heard him say this, but I've been talking about like the incentive structure uh, for a while, and so it's always good when I hear somebody you know who is in the know and you know is smarter than I am that says the same thing I've been saying. It's like okay, good, that's validation. I'm not completely <laughs> coming in from right field on this, or left field, or center field. Even why is it always just left field? Why do you always have to you know? Why does it always have to come out of left field? And why is that weird? Why is it weird for something to come out of left field? I mean, I imagine like when when you're hitting, if you're a right-handed hitter. 
and you're pulling the pitch, you know, you're, you're swinging, it's, it's going to go to left field. I thought the right field was usually where stuff doesn't really happen. Center field is a lot of action. But if something's coming in from left field, it, it went out there first, right? The ball went out there first, and then they have to throw it back in. So how does it come out of left field? I don't... Anyway, I digress. Incentive structure. What are the incentives? And for a lot of people in the never-Trump world, um, the, uh, a, lot of, uh, a lot of those folks, their, their livelihood, their paychecks... Uh, rely on there being an audience and them saying the same thing over and over and over again because the audience that laps up the uh, anti-Trumpism, they apparently have an unending appetite for it. It's it's truly amazing. And by the way, the other side of that spectrum is the, the only Trumpers who have a never-ending appetite for more Trump. So... What are the incentives that these uh, these campaigns, the politicians, the media folks, like what, what are their incentives? And when you see people, I'm talking guys like Rick Wilson, Reed Galen, I'm talking about uh, Tom Nichols, Jennifer Rubin, right? All of their efforts, Tim Miller, I think is another one, all of their efforts rely on sort of a... a, a a loathing of Trump and an audience that can't get enough of him. I'm reminded of the, uh, the Howard Stern movie, Private Parts, where his, um, I think it was his programming director, was showing him the, the ratings numbers and they had done focus groups and this, this sort of thing. And uh, the people who hated, Don, or, uh, hated uh, Howard Stern listened for longer hate listeners. That's what they're motivated by. Just it's the only thing that they can they can view anything through. This is why I always try to I, I talk about it all the time, right? I, I mention it all the time, which is stop looking at everything through the prism of Donald Trump, pro or con. Issues are the issues. You know, uh, small minds talk about people, great minds talk about issues, ideas. Look at the issue. And then judge the people Accordingly, based on whether or not they, you know, fall in line with your view on the issue. So if if Joe Biden is telling donors that he's only running or I shouldn't I shouldn't mischaracterize that. Um, he said that he, he he's not sure he would be running if Trump wasn't. Now, you know me, I'm all about solutions. And so considering the polling, Americans want different choices. I see an opportunity for a deal. <laughs> I see an opportunity to cut a deal here. I mean, it would require two men in their late 70s, early 80s to finally retire, right? Enjoy their private life. Uh, you know, may, maybe, I don't know, sell some access to the Ukrainians or Chinese, whatever. You know, but still, like, just kind of go away. Retire. Live out the rest of your life. Do you want to enjoy the rest of your life? You don't have many years left. Is this really what you want to be doing with your time left? So I just, I throw it out there. Maybe, you know, hey, we could come to an agreement. Probably not. Nah, probably not. 
Joe Biden was using a trio of fundraisers to caution against what might happen should Trump gain uh, uh, control of the White House again, noting that Trump has described himself and his supporters uh, retribution and has vowed to root out, quote, vermin in the country. Associated Press quotes Biden, quote, we've got to get it done, not because of me. If Trump wasn't running, I'm not sure I'd be running. We cannot let him win. Biden's forceful rhetoric came as Trump, the current GOP frontrunner who tried to overturn the 2020 election he lost and is facing criminal charges connected to those efforts, attempted over the weekend to turn the tables by calling Biden the destroyer of American democracy. Biden, who said he is not alone in sounding the alarm over Trump, noted that Trump is the only losing candidate in U.S. history to not accept the results. Yeah, except Hillary in 2016. But aside from that, he totally nailed it. Why not? Hello, Dean. Welcome to the program. Hi, Pete. Hey, how are you? Very good. And uh, you sound well, as always. Um, I'm not always. Yeah, well... I, I have a serious question, but I wanted to just, I, I was on hold, you know, waiting to talk to you because we have to do that. Yeah. And you don't, don't get, get direct to, access to Pete. That is, that is part of the contract. Well, no. And I don't get to like, you know, get coffee or go to the bathroom. No. And stuff. I just got away. Exactly. You never know when I would come to you. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And so I had to listen to the commercials Yeah. and there was this one about hearing aids and it said, if you feel him unbalanced yeah yeah and uh, it was just a sort of a heads up i wanted you to know that it was on there in case you know i don't know we could all use that sometimes i guess Uh, we could all use hearing aids no unbalanced we can we can all use unbalanced i'm not following use a little more balance in our in our lives okay you know if you feel unbalanced and i thought of well i i I sort of thought of you a little bit, but you thought of me as unbalanced. (laughs) Well, no, I I don't think Dean, Dean, I'm going to tell you what I've told you before. Make your assertion. If you want to call me names, just call me names. Just there's no, no, because you're not. No. Well, yeah, I mean, you kind of are, but like this will go so much faster and easier if instead of kind of the beating around the bush in order to make some really nebulous point that nobody gets, if you just make the assertion. No, I just thought it was some frivolous, you know, um, uh, jollity or something for the seasons. But that isn't that isn't why I called. I'm I'm sorry. I I didn't mean to, you know, um, draw a line in the sand or anything. No, no. I mean, um, you just called me unbalanced, and so I'm I'm not really clear what that meant. No. So I I just I mean I'm not offended. I don't get mad. People call me all sorts of names, and like I really I could not I could not care. Like they have not invented a machine that could measure how little I care. But um, so uh, so that but it just it's a it's a waste of time to kind of go all the way around. See, because now we've spent, what, two minutes going over this when I think you were calling about something else. So let's just get to the something else. OK. Yeah. All right. Yeah. That, that, that's fair enough. Um, hey, uh, you were talking before about Biden and Trump and his uh, retribution that Trump would do. And I saw a banner early this morning when I was up <laughs> watching TV that said that. The, Trump said that he would bypass the, the law or, or to something to that effect to get even with his opponents. And that was on a news banner. And I wondered if, if you had seen that or, mm-hmm. or you know, yeah. uh, whether that had to do with the retribution you were talking about. Yeah. And I wondered where that came from. Is that like a, 
uh, is that, did he really say that? Or is that just, you know, uh, uh, twisting of words? Or did he, you know... Do you want to take a guess? What? Do you want to take a guess as to whether he actually said that? Well, I don't know. If it's on the news and it's on one of the reputable stations, I'm Uh assuming he... He did say that. Right. Okay. So I don't know. It can be taken out of context too, and you know, there's reputable news stations that that don't exactly you know give you snippets, but not the whole story. Right. So he was asked. He was asked about the retribution comment by Sean Hannity last night on Fox News at a town hall type style interview, and mm-hmm. um, he was asked about you know taking retribution. Uh, I think he said something about like uh, in an unconstitutional way or a dictatorial way or something like that. And Trump then said, uh, no, he would not act unilaterally except on day one. And then he said to do the wall and what was the other one? Drill, right. Drill for more oil. And Hannity then asked the question again. Hannity's question being about retribution. Trump then says again, uh, no, I would not act unconstitutionally. I would not act uh, you know, unilaterally like that, like a dictator, except only on day one. And that's when I would close the uh, close the border and drill for oil. And so okay. now the so the media took his answer as a as an affirmative. Yes, that he would seek re- retribution, even though he clearly said oil and immigration. He didn't answer the question. Because, and this is the problem that Trump has when he speaks like this is that he gives the left and the media. But I repeat myself all the ammo that they could ask for, especially if they're viewing everything through this prism of uh, orange man bad. So, uh, look, I, I thought it was a terrible answer. He should have just yeah. said, no, of course not, right? But, th- but, that's, but that's not what a lot of Trump supporters want to hear. They want to hear retribution. So I don't know if he knows this and he thought that through or whatever, but he's, he's making it, he was making the pitch to drill and to shut down the border. Yeah. So uh, you might want to reassess where you're getting your news from. Dean, I appreciate the call, though. Uh, I got a message here from Gigi. It's a Pete tweet. Pete, you say retribution. You say it. Hang on a second. You say it as if wanting retribution is a bad thing. LOL. Um, Well, I mean, look, the so much of our politics now is just based around grievance. It's not about again. This goes back to the incentive structure, right? And and being the victim makes you quote the oppressed, makes you the underdog, and this has been internalized throughout all sorts, uh, all parts of our culture and our society, right? This uh, this destructive mindset of victimology, it is it's infused on both sides of the political spectrum. It's all over the place. We we've now moved to a a, a victim culture. You know, whereas we may have used to have uh, an honor culture, right? Something where, uh, you know, a person's reputation was paramount and all that, and, or chivalry, that kind of stuff, right? We, we're now in a victim culture where you derive power by being a victim. And I suspect that's why a lot of times you see people adopting identities or, uh, or, or classifying themselves or, or uh, just focusing solely on their identity, whether immutable, characteristic-driven, or adopted at a whole cloth, whatever, uh, they just identify themselves as something that's a member of a victim class. And it's a, it's a way to escape this identity as oppressor. 
like this, it, this is all DEI CRT crap. It's all garbage and it's all rooted in Marxism. It's all, it, it's all about power dynamics. And it is now so infused in our society that you see it everywhere. It's everywhere. And this drives a lot of the, um, this drives a lot of the Trump support and it drives a lot of the Trump hatred. Joe says, Pete, I think Trump's comment was genius. He knew exactly what he was saying. He knew it would light up the mainstream media, uh, free press, good or bad. He gets it a lot. Yep. And so there, like that. Is that is a six dimensional chess again? I don't know. I don't know. I'm not a Trump. I'm not the Trump whisperer. See, because I rely on language to mean things that it means. The definitions mean what they mean. Words mean what they mean. And so that's how I generally interpret people. And so when folks were telling me eight years ago that, oh, Pete, you just don't understand. This is what he really meant. I said, but I, I would say, well, this is what he said, though. No, but you don't know what he meant. And he's his own worst enemy in a lot of regards because he speaks less than clear. Whether he intends to do so or not, I do not know. And at this point, I really don't care. It doesn't matter to me anymore. This is how he speaks. Flights of ideas, word salad, whatever. And people who love him, they're able to, you know, use their divining sticks to know what he exactly meant. And people who hate him, they use their divining sticks to know exactly what he meant. And they arrive at the completely opposite conclusions. So, yeah, like, this is what, like, I'm, I, I'm not going to interpret his comments. I could just tell you what he said. You can make your own conclusion. And... Usually people conclude the thing that they already believed. It's kind of amazing. Hello, Mike. Welcome to the program. Hello, Pete Callender. Hey. How have you been? I'm doing all right. How are you? Good deal. Good. Uh, uh, we'll probably run up against the clock. I'll be, I'll be quick. But first, I want to compliment you. Yesterday, having John Hancock on the air was just terrific. And really, that was a lot of fun. And I enjoyed listening to it. And kudos to him for doing all the bike stuff. Oh, yeah. And I can also... I can also attest to what you and he were saying about it not being a bad thing to be on WBT at night. You know, they had me in there for a week to be the guest host um, uh, one time when uh, Hancock was on vacation. Oh, really? And I can tell you, yeah, I got, I got calls from, uh, from Fort Lauderdale. I got calls from, uh, from New Jersey. It was, um, yeah, it was an eye-opener. It yeah. Was, uh, something. But a, but a fun conversation yesterday. I enjoyed it. The reason, and I know I'm up against the clock a little bit, so I'll try and be quick. Well, I, Mike, I you want, know I'm willing to hold you over through the break if the conversation warrants it, and usually it does. Okay, well, I've, <laughs> I've also got some things I need to do, but let's see how it goes. The main thing, this, um, I know you tire of you know, people talking about uh, Trump being a threat to democracy. Trust me, I tire of having to bring it up, but the reason that I do, and I think it's important to bring it up, is that he is. I know you believe that. Well, it's not just a matter of just belief. Any objective look at the objective evidence will show you that he is. I disagree. Well, and and I want to delve into that a little bit more. Yeah, sure. All right, so here's, here's what the facts are. It was clear he was told repeatedly people that supported him, people that wanted him to win mm-hmm. over and over and over again. But. It wasn't any fraud. 
and what the facts show. Again, these facts are from people who supported him. Mm -hmm. What the facts show is that he did all he could while sitting in the Oval Office, Mm -hmm. in the president's chair, Mm -hmm. to thwart the will of the voters. Mm -hmm. And if there's, I can't think of anything more dangerous and more antithetical to democracy than that. Okay, so uh, hang on, Mike. Let, uh, let, let me, and I'm going gonna, I'm, I'm gonna to put you on hold after this response, and then you can think of your, you can, you can craft your okay. response. Um, okay. Why isn't Donald Trump in the White House right now? Because he lost. So his efforts didn't work. Uh, his efforts for his, his efforts to thwart the democracy. They didn't work, did they? Um. Thank heavens, no. Okay. They do not. Right. So how? So so okay. So so when you so when you're weighing when you are weighing the threat level, whether it is a realistic threat or not, mm-hmm. is it a realistic threat? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. And I know you believe that, and that's why I said I disagree. Because and you like my objective look at it, and not coming from somebody who's a uh, who's an only Trumper here. Uh, my look at it was that. If he wanted to go tyrant, he would have done it, and he didn't. He he left the White House. Now there are other uh, examples of like yes, he attempted to uh, to find a way to stay. Sure, but you know what? Politicians have been doing that for a very long time. Let me put you on hold. I'll bring you back after the break. If you can hang around, if you can hang through the break. All right. Do the current world events have you wondering whether we are teetering on the edge of catastrophe? Are you concerned it's going to reach our shores? Okay, so what are you doing about your concerns? Let me help. Carolina Readiness Supply at carolinareadiness.com. Whether you're looking to expand your emergency preparedness supplies or you have no idea where to even begin, Carolina Readiness Supply can help you. Food, water purifiers, tools, first aid kits, instructional materials, camping and hiking supplies even. Because being prepared is just smart. Carolina Readiness Supply has 2,000 square feet of supplies and educational materials that you'll need for any kind of emergency. In Waynesville and always at carolinareadiness.com veteran-owned Carolina Readiness Supply. Will you be ready when the lights go out? All right, let me bring back Mike um, and uh, continue our conversation here that we were having before the break. Um, Mike, you still there? You know, I just can't quit you, Pete. I know it, and you're not billing me by the hour, so uh, so I'm okay. (laughs) I got it. I got it. Yeah, I hear you. Real quick, before we get back to the issue at hand, there were two radio spots. They've been playing a lot. And Dan Bishop is back on the air now, and he's talking about woke liberal politics, et cetera. Mm. But then the tagline is, paid for by official funds authorized by the House of Representatives. Yeah. What does that mean? For the, those are it's franking like, funds. Those are, that's the franking accounts that all the, all of the members of Congress have franking money. I don't know why they call it that. But um, it, so it, it, this is designed for constituent communications. They can do newsletters or mail letters or, you know, put TV spots up or whatever. Why, why, and so they talk, yeah. but they, but, you know, and to talk about the work that they're doing in the, uh, uh, in the district of Columbia on Capitol Hill. And so, yeah, I mean, this is, he's obviously using the, uh, the franking funds to talk about, to talk to his constituents, but he's also running for attorney general. So the, the yeah. content of the messages, yeah. I mean, this is just like Josh Stein uh, did with his PSAs and Roy Cooper and Mike Easley, when they were attorney general, they, they all did the same thing with their PSA money, right? They would, they would find some sort of issue and then they would use PSA money from the state coffers in order to pay for 
essentially ads for themselves. Uh, okay, well, that answers the question, I guess. So in other words, it's, it's campaign money paid for by taxpayers, basically. Yeah, now, which is what I thought Democrats wanted. Well, the interesting thing is, is I'm wondering, you know, Jeff Jackson, I suppose, could do the same thing. He could run sure. radio spots on, on air. Yeah, sure. He could do the same uh, thing. Okay, we'll see if he <laughs> takes us up on that. Mm-hmm. Anyway, I uh, probably interrupted your point as to why I am wrong about how Trump is not a threat to democracy. Go no, ahead. no, no, you said, I said I tire, I grow weary of this being yeah. the constant drumbeat, the refrain, this is the slogan that Democrats cannot break free of it. Everything is a threat to the democracy. And my point was, Mm. if Donald Trump was the tyrant that the left claims he was and is, then why did he walk out of the White House? All right. uh, That's a good question. I think I've got I think I've got a good answer to it. But first, again, very I'm very careful to make sure that statements are not exaggerated, and you tend to do this a lot, but that's part of what makes you a good host. Is you There's a backhanded compliment. Well, in other words, everything, all, we all talk about how everything is a threat to democracy. No, we don't. Oh, I'm sorry. It's also it's also the abortion. <laughs> Donald Trump is a threat to democracy. That's what we're talking about. And Mike, like I said, I Mike, grew, I grew tired of saying it. I Mike, I'm saying it. Mike, yes, what? Don't gaslight me, please. Okay, I watch a lot of left wing. Uh, media. I watch a lot. I read a lot of the blogs. I read a lot of the news outlets. I read a lot of the comments from Democrats. Yeah. This is the constant narrative. We know why Democrats constantly use this in their fundraising efforts is because it works. It works just like abortion as an issue for Democrats works. So you know, don't tell me that th- that this isn't the refrain that the Democrats are constantly singing. Okay. I'm not. I'm not saying it's not a refrain. I'm saying that it's not. Everything's a threat. It is the existential threat of Donald Trump. Oh my gosh! So you've now spent a minute and a half parsing the everything word, and now you're, you're okay. going to run out of time, and you're not going to be able to make the point right. or address All the right. point. So let me get, let me get back let me get back on point then. Why did it not work? All his best efforts, partly because, and a great part of it was in fact he was in fact surrounded by people who were telling him he was wrong. He didn't listen to their advice, but at the same time, he understood. Mark Milley was the uh, Joint Chiefs of Staff. Uh, You had senior advisors, senior counsel uh, in the White House that were advising him. That doesn't answer the question. If he was a tyrant, he would have fired them all, and he would have have remained in power, because that's what tyrants do. I'm up against the news.